Yes, it's Monday, and we all know what that means, don't we? Yes, it means we're slightly hungover from Eurovision on Saturday. I joke, I'm not. I think Becca still might be a bit, but it was a big one, let me put it that way. All of our Patreons have heard all about our Eurovision extravaganza, and it was a mammoth session, let me just put it like that. How are you all doing? I hope you're all doing fine, as is the podcaster's mantra. Every one of us say it, but only very few of us mean it. I joke, of course. We all mean it, I'm sure. I hope you've had a good week and are ready for some scary tales, some general... I was going to... I don't like the word banter, so I'll say chitter-chatter. Some general chitter-chatter and something to just put in your ears whilst you potter about your everyday happenings. That's what podcasts are all about. Anyway, what have we got in store for this week? Well, of course, we're going to do a paranormal review of... Of course, we're going to listen to your true listener ghost stories. And of course, we're going to visit that dingy, bright and beautiful corner where Becca resides and tells us ghost stories direct from the pages of Reddit. Rolling my R's like rolling in the deep, as Adele would say. Anyway, before we do any of that, I'm going to mention Patreon. Because when you sign up to Patreon, not only do you support the show, yes, this little old show right here, but you also get access to over 250 hours. That's nearly a quarter of a century. No, it's not. Nearly a quarter of a millennia of hours of um, just content, really. Me rambling, me and Becca rambling, and... About 45.9% of it being based on the paranormal, which, you know, it's good odds. Anyway, you get all of that and, yeah, you get two shows each and every week as well. Yes, every week. One is a ramble, as you can tell I like to talk, and the second is a paranormal Patreon where we endeavour to keep it paranormal. This week's is 50% about Eurovision, because we were excited, and 50% about Japanese spirits of law, which was very good and very interesting, actually. Um, in terms of how I found the conversation, anyway, other people may not have liked it, don't you know? But also what you get when you sign up to Patreon is little old me, Kevin, hi, singing your name as a thank you. Yes, I place your name into a song as a way of saying Thanks for signing up and supporting the show. And this week we have two brand new Patreons to say thank you to. We have Tommy Jones, not Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy, it might be. I don't know. But we've got Tommy Jones and we've got Neve DeFelli. So, what we're going to do is we're going to sing a thank you to those two wonderful new Patreons. If you wish to become a Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. But in the meantime, let's say a big sing-songy thank you to... Tommy Jones, not Tommy Lee Jones, but it might be. And Neve DeFelli. The guitar is well and truly out. Let's go a little bit country. Tommy Jones and Neve DeFelli stand up to the Patreon. Tommy Jones and Neve DeFelli, they know what's going on. They're gonna get the extra shows they are. Gonna get everything that you get. 250 plus hours. Tommy Jones and Neve DeFilly. A big thank you from me. Ended it on a seventh, but no falsetto this week because I'm trying to maintain my voice for several recordings I need to do within the space of two days. Because we are going away for my birthday this week and I need to maintain my voice. Anyway. Thank you, Tommy and Neve. And if you'd like to join them, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now let's have a paranormal review, shall we?
Yes, it's that time of the week again where I review something paranormal so you don't have to do it for yourself, because why would you? That would be insane. Anyway, last week, you'll recall, we covered The Pope's Exorcist, and I mentioned a film within that that I realised I'd not covered in a review, and that's called The Right. Now, I referred to it last week because it covers a similar topic, i.e., Although the Pope's exorcist is literally named, they name Father Gabriel Armorth as the character, as in Russell Crowe plays Gabriel Armorth. The Right is a film which is loosely based on Father Gabriel Armorth. Therefore, Anthony Hopkins' character is not specifically named as Gabriel Armorth. But in my opinion, it's a much darker much more realistic film in terms of what you would imagine a demonic possession and how an exorcism would work and be carried out and how someone such as Gabriel Amorth, who's carried out hundreds of exorcisms, how they would go about trying to decipher whether it's a genuine possession or whether it's not, or whether somebody just needs convincing that they're possessed to go along with it, do you know what I mean? To sort of talk them out of their mental darkness at that particular moment. But it's an excellent film. It's like if you have already seen The Pope's Exorcist, imagine if that film took away all of the dramatization of the, hey, I'm a cool, moped riding priest, and was covered in a shroud of darkness and bleakness. That's how the right is shot. It's shot throughout Italy and Rome. It's much more realistic, I imagine. There's a sense, there's a brooding, there's a foreboding about the entire way it's filmed. Um, Akin to, like, The Exorcist. You know the way The Exorcist seems to have this, like, almost sepia image throughout the entire film? It's like, I don't know. I don't know the right way to describe it. It's kind of, as it's on screen, you know you're watching more than a film. You know, you know you're watching something which is a bit taboo. And um, the right has that feeling, like impregnated into it as you're watching it also Anthony Hopkins performance in it is outstanding there's a lot of sort of back and forth between him and his fights with the devil there's a lot of back and forth between him and his sidekick who's sort of a priest who doesn't believe necessarily in possession there's an epic moment in the film which I won't spoil but which I've probably spoiled in a past episode if I'm being honest but it's um, if you do watch it, and I suggest you do because it's fucking amazing. There's an amazing scene where he goes to visit a young girl who's possessed. She's about maybe seven or eight, and she's with her mother. And um, she's been having dreams of a horse, of a black horse. And the priest, the young priest who doesn't like believe, uh, as such, is like, well, is it just dreams, sort of thing? And then something happens, and it's just like bone chillingly good. It's, it's something evidential happens and it's just amazing. But there's also a lot, there's a lot of interplay. It's a film you could watch four or five times and each time you'd see something new, which is always amazing. And um, yeah, if you've ever been to the city of Rome as well, there's a lot of shots in places you will recognise which aren't renowned. So for example, in The Pope's Exorcist, there's a lot of shots, obviously, of the Vatican area and you'll be like, oh, I know where that is. Oh, I know where that is. Oh, I know where that is. In uh, the right, it's kind of still shot in places in Rome, but only if you've been to certain parts of Rome which aren't that famous, like um, Villa Borghese and things like that. There's like 
a few areas of Rome where if you've took the time to walk around these little side streets, you will notice and be like, oh, that's really in Rome. So it's got much more of an authentic feel. And for me, having digested the Pope's Exorcist over the last week and considering it against the right, which I watched again midweek, um, I think it's the superior of the two films. So whereas last week I gave the Pope's Exorcist two thumbs, but not necessarily to the sky, the right has two thumbs directly up to the sky. It's an excellent film, and I would suggest anyone with any interest in the paranormal, check out this film. It's definitely a turn off the lights, get snuggled up, get some popcorn, and scare the living bejesus out of yourself. It's amazing. So if you haven't already, make sure to check out The Right with Anthony Hopkins. Sorry, Sir Anthony Hopkins. And well, he should have been knighted, if for nothing else but that betrayal. Anyway, that's the review. Two thumbs up to the sky for The Right. Hooray! It's time for my favourite part of the week, where we get to read your true listener ghost stories. And I do truly love this part because I don't pre-read them, so my reaction is a genuine and sincere one. Yes, it is. Now, we've had an email from a former submitter called Rachel, and she writes... Oh, do you have my chair squeak then? Tell you what, I'm having a bloody nightmare with this chair. Um, I told our Patreons midweek, all the leather... I say leather, plastic, has been falling off it and making messes in the bedroom. Um, oh, sorry, the office, the recording studio, spare bedroom... And um, I've been looking to get some, like, you know, like, adhesive-backed leather or faux leather to cover it. And I ordered some, and it arrived, and it had no adhesive on the back. So right now, I'm just sat on something which I've had to duct tape to the chair. And, yeah, I just need a new chair, basically. Anyway, Rachel's got in touch, and she says, Hey, Kev. Hey. It's a follow-up email with my next lot of stories. I'm not sure how close you'll read my stories out from my last email, so I'm going to get straight to it. Apologies for any grammar or waffling. Rachel, you don't need to apologise for either of those things because I am terrible with both of those things. Or both of that things. See what I've done there? I tried to prove I was terrible with grammar. Anyway, your first story. Back in 2006-2007, when I was 16 or 17, I was with my then-boyfriend Andy. I was always round his house in the evenings but he would often be out in the garage working on his motorcycle, and I would just chill out and watch TV in his bedroom. In brackets, romantic, I know. Anyway, there was this one occasion where he'd got up and left for work, but I was still there as I didn't need to leave just then. Whilst I was getting ready, I was going to and from the bathroom that was right next door. I finished brushing my teeth, came back into the room, and noticed a strange mark on the wall, across the room to the side of me that definitely wasn't there the many other times I'd just walked in and out of that room just now. It was also really obvious and right where I was packing my bag on his bed. Of course, I thought nothing of it, so went over to give it a nose. It was feet, like sweaty barefoot prints. Either some small adult-sized feet or large children's feet. They were as if someone had laid horizontally across the bed and placed their feet on the wall. They were clear as day, even down to each individual toe. I walked backwards, left the room as calmly as possible and went to go and get my boyfriend's mum. Thankfully, she was a believer, so she was quite excited to come and see. I was convinced they would be gone, but no, Linda saw them too. 
just as they were when I left, not even slightly faded. I left and went to work, and have regretted ever since that I didn't think to take a photo. Interesting story there, Rachel. And although it sounds like, from your description, innocent enough, and I'm not trying to put the fear of God into anyone with this, it's just what went through my head, where you say it looked as if someone had been lying on the bed and placed their feet on the wall... I did watch a YouTube video recently, which was a video with a Roman Catholic priest who was an exorcist, and he said of some of the most disturbing exorcisms he's done, he often found that a certain incarn was it incarnation? Yeah, I think incarnation of the devil himself would be able to make the possessed individual climb up the walls. So maybe, you know, these footprints weren't as innocent as they seemed, Maybe it was the devil. Anyway, just to give you that little bit of warming advice there, let's move on to your second story. This story is short and sweet, but still scares me today. Back in 2008, I got into a relationship with someone new, who is now, in 2023, my husband of almost 10 years, Mike. We were at the stage of our relationship where we were staying round each other's parents' houses quite often. One night, I stayed over his end. I can't remember if we'd been out that evening or just chilled and watched TV. But we went to bed as most people do most nights. In brackets, I say it like that as his dad never went to bed. I've always had this thing with anyone that I share a bed with that they have to sleep on the door side. You know, in case someone comes in and I need time to react. Haha. <laughs> anyway, annoyingly, I woke up in brackets, a bit like I did in my second story I sent, when I felt someone sitting at the end of my bed. That same feeling of, why am I awake? No reason that I could understand, and a bit annoyed. So, I had a rejig and rolled onto my side, and wrapped my arm over my soon-to-be husband. As I rolled over, in that split second whilst turning, I saw standing by the bedroom door, only an arm's width away from Mike, a little boy. I disappeared behind Mike's back and then thought, hmm, pretty sure I just saw a little boy then. I thought to myself, it can't be. I'm just tired or it's a dressing gown hanging on the door. So thinking it would make me feel better, I looked again as I was sure I would see nothing there and I'll be able to just lay down and calm down and in brackets, exactly like in story two with the person on my bed. So that's what I did. I defiantly didn't just peek over Mike's back. I practically sat up again to have a good nose. And there he was, still standing there, looking straight back at me. Then he smiled at me as if to say, Yes, you saw correctly. I am standing here. I literally flopped down behind Mike and stayed there. And that's it. A creepy detail for me is that I can tell you the details about him. He was around five to six years old, he had a navy hooded jumper on and dark green trousers. He also had dark hair. He was pale and a little creepy, especially that smile. I now hate sleeping over at his parents' house as I have kids and I wonder if they'll ever see him too. Scary for them, I know, but at least it would validate my story. Rachel. Wow, 
Rachel, thank you so much for those two stories. And we will have another story from Rachel next week. Yes, we will. Now, first and foremost, I think the idea of validating somebody's experience is very important. I think it's pivotal for the credence of a supernatural experience. However, interestingly, and you kind of allude to it there in your story, what it, at what point does it become unacceptable to seek that validation? Do you know what I mean? Like, let's say, for example, I see, I don't know, the Grim Reaper stood on the landing and I've got my five-year-old nephew with me and I go, do us a favour, just go and look on that landing and he comes in traumatised and I'm like, well, at least we've both seen it. That's validation. Or should I not do that and then turn around to adults and be like, I seen the Grim Reaper and everyone goes, ah, you're in our bed. No, you didn't. You made it up. Do you know what I mean? So, or for example, even with Becca, let's say if I walked out onto the stairs and seen a woman with a slit throat hovering in midair, horrific sight. Would I be better to go in and get Becca and go, come and look at this. She sees it too. And she's traumatised and her belief system falls apart. Or is it more ethically better for me to say later on when this woman's disappeared, guess what I saw on the stairs? And be called a liar. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I guess I'm asking, should we take into, into consideration other people's feelings in terms of validating a paranormal experience, even if it means you look like a liar? And yeah, I don't know the, I don't know the right answer there. But yes, what an amazing series of stories you've given us there, Rachel. Thank you very much. And I look forward to next week's tale too. It also sounds a bit like a black-eyed kid. That description that you've given there, you know, pale skin, black hair, dressed rather contemporarily. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, who knows, there was a strange knock at the door around 3am and someone within the household has opened it and let that child use the phone, unaware that they've inadvertently invited in the demon spirits that are the black-eyed children. Although, I think they'd be a bit more nefarious than just standing in a doorway and winking and saying, Hi! Yes, I am the spirit you saw. Now back to sleep with you. I've got a haunting to be a-doing. Which is exactly how I think a black-eyed child would talk. Anyway, thank you so much, Rachel. Amazing stories, and we can't wait to hear next week's one, too. Now, it's that time in proceedings where we like to head down into the dark and deepy, cringy, lovely, beautiful, and very nicely smelling area of the house where Becca resides in her corner, where she reads tales from Reddit. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. Well, it's that time in proceedings where we head down to the wonderful, dingy, dark, but beautiful and scary and terrifying, but wonderful basement corner, which is owned by Rebecca. Don't call me Rebecca. Which is owned by Becca. Thank you. In Becca's Reddit corner. How are you, Becca? I'm okay. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Are you recovered Good. from Eurovision? Getting there, yes. Yes. We've mm. done a full Eurovision breakdown on our Patreon this week, didn't we? Yes. Um, as All well as trying details. to talk about some Japanese spirits in the meantime, mm -hmm. to try and still keep it a bit paranormal. <laughs> yeah. But it was basically 50% Eurovision, 50% paranormal. Pretty much. Um, but we had a good time, didn't we? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, really good time. Just about over your hangover? Just, yeah. Just about. Well done, the city of Liverpool, I say. I say, indeed. I join you in that um, comment. Mm. And also, well done, Uber Eats, for providing all yesterday's hangover <laughs> material. Yes, thank you. Heroes. Heroes. 
uh, Heroes of Our Time. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Eurovision reference there for those mm. who didn't get it. Anyway, uh, we are here, of course, to talk about the ghost stories upon Reddit, which you read out. I you. pick one out um, without pre-reading it. Mm-hmm. Pass it to you. You complain about the grammar within or mm-hmm. the fact that I should pre-read. Yeah. And then we comment on it. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. I'm ready. And this is what you're going to read. Okay. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Why, thank you. This story is called Woman on the Stairs. Oh. In 2014, I was living with my then-girlfriend, now wife, and our son in a terrace house close to the centre of Bolton in northwest England. Oh, so it's a localish one. Yeah. The house is what we call a two-up, two-down here because they have two rooms upstairs and two rooms downstairs. The stairs ran down at the kitchen side of the wall that divided the two downstairs rooms. My girlfriend was working on a course to become a veterinary nurse. For this, she had to work 2pm to 11pm shifts, so there was just me and my son in the house. I had put him to bed a few hours before and was now downstairs washing the pots and pans. I heard footsteps on the landing and assumed it was my son, thinking he had woken up and was now running around upstairs looking for us, as he was apt to do. I dried my hands and prepared to go through the routine of putting him back to bed, but I noticed these were not the erratic footsteps of a child, but the heavy, deliberate footsteps of an adult. The footsteps began to descend the stairs. I turned to see, not my son, but a tall woman dressed in a long white gown. Fuck that. As her head came into view, I could see she was well over six feet tall and had long blonde hair. The stairs curved to the left as they approached the ground. As this woman rounded the corner, I saw her face. She looked odd. Her features were human, but something was off about them, like she was something imitating a human. As she took the last step towards the floor, she vanished. I stood still in shock for a few moments, but then plucked up the courage to go upstairs and check on my son. Thankfully, he was still fast asleep. About half an hour later, my girlfriend got home. I was still slightly shaken up, but happy to see another real human. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, what's worse? One that's six foot tall or one that's two foot tall? Six foot tall? Like, if it was up to your knees, I think that would be proper petrifying. No, like, what is this? <laughs> Not if it's a ghost, you can't. Well, true, but you could try. <laughs> you, I, I definitely should be chased by something that's two foot tall. I don't know. Like, I could think... stand on a table and be like, what are you going to do? <laughs> it, well, if it's a ghost, standing on a table won't help. It can hover and float and come through the table. and You're going back to Casper. <laughs> Um, any comments on this? Uh, yes, someone says, that is terrifying. Um, I'm not sure I'd ever want to be alone in that house ever again. Um, someone else says, as a former resident of Bolton, I can confidently assert that mysterious ladies on the stairs are the least of your worries. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the poster has replied, yeah, there were scarier people living on that street than the spooky things in that house. Um, let's see. Um, oh, someone's replied... Once I saw a full apparition in one apartment where I was living alone, I was terrified. What I saw was strange, but not really ugly. Of course, it wasn't easy for me being alone there. I stayed some days at friends. I invited friends to stay with me, but at one point I was alone again. I was so nervous and my health began to resent the tension. One day I did something that was kind of silly. I came back to my apartment. I stood in the middle of the living room and I said something like, I've had enough. This is my house and I'm the boss here. You'll behave and leave me in peace or I'll bring someone who will kick your ass out of here. Maybe it listened or maybe I was more confident confronting my fears, but I felt that the air cleared after this. Uh, 
someone else said, I'd be scared enough to just start tucking myself in at the same hour as my child to escape another run-in with the tall lady. And that's in lieu of moving out altogether. Um, oh, someone says, this sounds like a fae lady. F-A-E. Oh, yeah, yeah, as in the fae, fairy. Maybe looking in on your son. Because that's the thing, isn't it? It's a mis- well, it's not a misconception, but the common belief of what a fairy is is based largely on Disney, mm. as in like tiny little things with wings. With whereas wings, yeah. in medieval and onwards, it's definitely in English folklore, fae are same size as humans, if not taller. Oh, I thought they were little who lived on the bottom of the garden. No, no, no. They were okay. like, um, like especially within like Victorian or pre-Victorian England, mm. the fae were viewed as people who look like people. But something was disconcertingly off about them. Right. So like that person says, um, the features just weren't try right. to look Trying to look human. Mm. Uh, someone else has said, that's terrifying. What did your missus say when you told her? I bet she was over the moon. Um, and they've replied, she wasn't all that surprised, which was a bit unnerving. She'd lived there for a few years before I met her, and most people who visited experienced something in that house. Mostly knocks and bangs at all hours, and ghost cats... The bangs could have been the neighbours, to be fair. Having to tell people the cat they just saw run through the house isn't your cat is always a fun conversation. Ha-ha. Thankfully, the full-body apparitions weren't all that common. Interesting. Ghost, Ghost cat. cats. Ghost cat. We had this conversation the other day, didn't we? Like, where I said to you about... I think it was on the podcast. Oh, was it? Where yeah. I asked if you'd sooner, when, God forbid... Mm our cat passes away, you'd sooner see her as a ghost or... Mm. And I, yeah, and I think I said, for me, I would, but for her, I hope not, because it indicates that she might not be at peace if yeah. she's a ghost. Yeah. Either way, it's an interesting one, that. the um, Something over six feet, as I say, always scares me. It's mm. normally associated with, like, woodland sort of creatures. Well, woodland entities are always or often described as, like, being seven foot plus... Probably because there's a lot of trees in the woodland. It's a good point, and it could just be um, trees, trees. Mm. But no, you know, like the like protectors of the forest always seem to be. There's a few stories of like cars stopping dead in the middle of a forest track, mm. and something like over seven foot crosses the road. Yeah, looming, looming. Yeah, but like as a nature spirit, so like nature spirits seem to have no sense of the average size of a human being, yeah. all want to be seen as being lo- looming and large and protective over a forest area. Yeah. It's like your stepfather's got a good story about seeing, well, someone he knows seeing something similar or something akin to that, something described as, like, exceptionally too tall for a human. Yeah. Um, walking through the woods. So it's an interesting one. I do... I, I don't know... See, there's a lot of podcasts, like... Um, Brennan and Paul on the Ghost Story Guys, they reluctantly discuss the Fae mm. because they believe they are all listening and can interfere with your day and with electronics and stuff. Right. And that's why people... Like on... We watched, obviously, with Eurovision Fever Building, we watched... Um, what's it called? Fire and Ice or whatever. Yeah. The Fire um, Saga. Yeah, Fire Saga, that Eurovision film that with Will, Will Ferrell did. And it's amazing. It's but really within good. that... There's um, elves, isn't there? Yeah. And um, like Icelandic, Icelandic, Icelandic elves. elves, and you never see them. But there's like little doors in the in the hills, and people leave them offerings. Yeah, and, and like, like ask say, them like, for things, and ask them for things. Yeah. Um, so there is this belief. Yeah, and at one point he's saying, "Oh, don't be ridiculous. The elves aren't real." And she's like, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop saying yeah, this!" Yeah. And he's like, "It's just not true." And she's like, "You're killing me! Stop it! Please stop <laughs> yeah. it!" So at one point in the film, he like kind of. 
starts. Don't, to, it's a spoiler. Oh, I know exactly spoiler. what you're going to say, but it's a spoiler. Let's but it's it. so funny. Yeah. It is so funny. Oh, I want to say. It's a spoiler. Okay. Damn. Damn spoiling <laughs> films. Um, but yeah. yeah. And there's that one in the, the Isle of Man, isn't there? When we got a bus yeah. one time in the Isle of Man. And as you go a over this. bus this is. Yeah, like what you'd bu- get from a bus stop. Not, not, what like, not a tour bus, is what I mean. Yeah, no, not so, just a normal bus. Um, but as you go over what they refer to as Fairy Bridge, you have to say, and the bus says this as well, yeah, it's like yeah. part of its automated kind of thing. Um, thank you, fairies. <laughs> like, yeah, good morning, fairies. fairies. Yeah, for yeah. letting us pass the bridge. Yeah. Like, you know, like where like an automated thing on a bus would go, like, um, next stop. Next stop right. will be, and yeah. it's an automated thing, this automate automatically says, thank you for letting us cross the bridge, fairies. I think it just says, thank you, fairies. Well, I think everyone on the bus also went, thank you, fairies. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, like, you're supposed what? to say it, yeah. You have to say it. Yeah, so there is a strong belief, and it's an old ye English, and like, well, it seems to be everywhere mm. belief in the little people. Mm. But as I say, the Fae of medieval times or later on Edwardian times was uh, were all viewed as large people, human size. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, after discussing the Fae, let's hope we don't befall or fall foul of the Fae. Let's, yeah. I mean, I think we've been pretty respectful. I think so. I think so. As is. Befitting. Yes. Anyway, before we do make me crack some joke which is not befitting mm. and then therefore curses for all <laughs> eternity, I think we best leave Becca to her Reddit corner. Thank you once more for inviting us in and scaring us with your tales. You're very welcome. Thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca. Thank you. Tatty bye. Bye guys. Bye.